0: You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms and this podcast is sponsored by KiwiCo, a monthly subscription box of seriously fun and enriching art and learning projects for kids of all ages. Just this past week, the weather turned almost warm in my mountain town in Idaho, and we are looking forward to these upcoming months of adventures outside. Spring brings along new curiosities and a chance for kids to connect with the world around them. Why do flowers bloom? How do caterpillars turn into butterflies? Why is the day longer? Why is it warmer now? There are so many opportunities to learn, and it's the perfect time for discoveries. KiwiCo delivers monthly science and art projects that celebrate a child's natural curiosity and sparks a love for lifelong learning. With KiwiCo, kids will explore different STEAM topics each month, ranging from rainbows to rocket ships and everything in between. There's a subscription line for kids of all ages, ranging from infants and preschoolers all the way to teens, and grown-ups are welcome to join in on the fun, too. My 7-year-old daughter Sally is an artist, and my 10-year-old son Noah is a builder, and there are KiwiCo crates specifically for each of their interests. I love that the boxes will keep them busy through our upcoming spring break and on into the summer. Step into spring and celebrate the season of discovery with a KiwiCo subscription. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any Crate Line with code 3in30 at kiwico.com. That's 30% off your first month at K I W I C O.com, promo code 3in30. Welcome to 3in30 a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. I'm so excited about our episode, which I pulled from the archives of 3 and 30, This episode about talking to kids about skin tone and race was originally recorded and aired in 2019, and a lot has happened in the world since then. Maybe like me, you learned a lot more about racial injustice in the year 2020 and have been looking for great resources to continue this conversation with your children going forward. I wanted to let you know that since this episode was recorded, my guest, Dr. Lucretia Berry, has written a workbook for children called Hues of You. It is full of hands-on learning activities that will teach children all about themselves and their amazing bodies and skin, as well as the amazing bodies and skin of other people around them. It explores skin tone, melanin, hair texture, culture, aging, family history, ancestry, friendship, and the sacred connection of human beings. It is truly a remarkable and world-changing workbook for families, and I decided to re-air this episode from 2019 as a way to celebrate the publication of this workbook. I will include a link to purchase the Hughes of You activity book for children in the show notes, and I truly can't recommend it highly enough. Having conversations with children about skin tone and race from a young age is so important, and many of us who are part of the white racial category like I am do not have experience with this. In fact, I honestly think this episode that I recorded with Dr. Barry was the first time that I had ever had an explicit conversation about skin tone and race in my entire life. And I was 35 years old. Our kids deserve better than that. And so does our world. Because as we talk openly about skin tone and race, we de-weaponize it and demystify it. Only then can we actually start to dismantle racism in ourselves and in the world around us. Let's make these conversations easier for our children to have by giving them the words and the tools they need to understand race and racism so that they can become better change agents than we have been. And let's do this work right alongside them because it is not too late for us to become better advocates and stewards of our world. So with no further ado, let's jump into this episode with Dr. Lucretia Berry about how to talk to our children about skin tone and race. Here we go. I'm going to be honest and tell you that I feel vulnerable going into today's conversation. Whereas a few weeks ago, I told you that I feel really confident and empowered when teaching my kids about their bodies and sex. Today's topic is one that I do not feel confident addressing. And honestly, that makes me feel a little ashamed because this topic matters so much. And I feel like I should know how to talk to my kids about it. I think it's really common when we realize that we're uneducated in certain areas to just stay quiet about it, because if we talk about it, we might say something that reveals how uneducated we are, or worse, we might say something that is offensive or hurts someone. So it's easier to just not talk about it at all. But staying quiet and uneducated is not the answer. Answers come from seeking learning and asking for help which is why I asked Dr. Lucretia Berry to come on the show today. Dr. Berry is the founder of Brownicity, Many Hughes One Humanity, an agency dedicated to advocacy, education, and support for racial healing and anti-racism. She has a PhD in curriculum and instruction and has dedicated her life to developing and teaching anti racism curriculum to college and high school students, adults through ministry and online, and of course, within her own home as the mother of three beautiful daughters. It's an honor for me to be taught by her today and to share this conversation with all of you who are listening. So, Dr. Barry, welcome to 3 and 30.
1: Why, thank you. Rachel, what a beautiful introduction. Oh, well, I.
0: You've been so kind to talk to me a few times. I actually don't ever really do this, but I had a pre-interview phone call with you (laughs) because I just wanted to tell you, I feel nervous about this. And you're like, it's okay. This is where we all start. Yeah. When... We feel nervous about it. And I have grown up in a predominantly white community Mm -hmm. and live in one now. Mm -hmm. And I just, I want to talk more about race, but I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And so, like I said in that intro, it's easier to just kind of stay silent, but that's not the answer. So, I just think this is such an important episode. And thank you for coming on and teaching us.
1: Well, thank you for having me. And you're welcome. And I I love that you are starting and even admitting that you are uncomfortable, but you are doing it anyway.
0: And that's brave. So thank you. And let's just start in with your first takeaway.
1: Okay. Well, my first takeaway for moms and parents is to reject the colorblind approach as a solution um, or as an idea to talk to your children about skin tone and race. And I do distinguish, not everyone distinguishes and uses the two words that I do. I say skin tone and race because they are different. Um, Mm. um, Let me explain that I am in a multi-ethnic family. So I am African-American or black, and my husband is um, a white American. So he's in the white racial category and he is probably mostly Italian, and then some German and Scottish and Native American. So just think about in our family, we are actually five different skin tones. So that's why I make a distinction between the word skin tones and then racial categories. And so, mm. for example, we're one family, but my husband would probably be in the white racial categories because how he'd be categorized. I would remain or be categorized in the black racial category. And then my daughters, well, it just depends on you know, what they look like and how they would be categorized. That's why we distinguish between skin tone and racial category because they're very different. And being a family of multiple hues early on, talking about what we look like involves a creative vocabulary and children see color just as we do. So again, I'm using my family as an example. Our children definitely see that their father- is they can probably see that he is a man and they'll see that I am a woman. You know, they get the words for that later in life, but they see that we're different, but they also see that we look different. And Mm so we need words for that, that also help them understand that though daddy is a different skin tone than mommy, you know, we are this one family. So children need this language to be able to describe, you know, what they are seeing. And so what the colorblind approach does, even though it sounds good in theory, oh, everybody's equal. We're all the same. It sounds good in theory, but it actually isn't true. I mean, yes, we are all valuable people, but in honest earnestness, the world or even let's just stick with the United States and our history of our country. We won't be treated the same or different values are placed on us differently based on how we look and so that is so for your sex so whether you're a man or a woman so we're still wanting to be equal there but we're not there and Mm -hmm. so that goes the same for how we look so everyone is equal and i'm using air quotes so Mm -hmm. so everyone inherently like to god
0: everyone is equal but that's not the way that Every, yeah
1: everyone is valuable. So everyone is yes. valuable, but that's not the way we are treated in the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that can be where we want to go. Right. But colorblindness is not how we get there because colorblindness actually robs us of language and a framework and permission or power to get us there. Colorblindness kind of shuts it down, shuts us down saying, well, I don't see that you look different than I do. And I don't see that you may have to walk through the world differently than I do. So colorblindness is kind of a silencing thing, shuts things down. Yeah.
0: I've heard someone say mm-hmm. the term color silence mm-hmm. is similar to colorblindness. i right. just not, I don't see color. I don't talk about color, mm-hmm. um, but really you can't address what you can't see. And so you can't address these inequalities in our world if you're refusing to even see that they exist.
1: Yes. And typically when people are saying it, what they're saying is I'm not racist. So Mm -hmm. when they say I'm colorblind, I don't see color what they're really trying to communicate is I'm not racist and I love everyone. And that's great. Like I'm not racist either. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I love, I love most people, you know, I still got to work on learning (laughs) everybody. (laughs) I'm being honest, but we still have systems of inequality in place that we have the power to dismantle. If only we allow ourselves to Mm. function in the fullness of our power to dismantle it. So if we just shut down an education and we shut down hearing people's stories by saying, well, I'm colorblind, I don't see color. So then what we do is we relinquish our power, right? To make it better. We relinquish our power to engage in the truth and create the world that we actually want and know is possible. Mm
0: -hmm. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Rothy's, the ingenious company that repurposes plastic water bottles into their signature thread that they use to make shoes, bags, and more. We all know how amazing it feels to discover a new obsession, whether that's the podcast you can't stop binging or the new restaurant that you've ordered from three times in one week. And Rothy's is my new shoe obsession. Rothy's shoes give you right out of the box comfort, come in amazing styles and colors, and you can wash them. I recently got their best-selling The Point shoes, which are classy feminine flats that literally go with everything, dresses or pants. I got them in a beautiful neutral nude for spring called Portobello. And after feeling how insanely comfortable those were, I knew I needed a pair of their sneakers as well and decided to get those in a bit of a wilder pattern, the Desert Cat, which is a fun leopard print. I consider myself to be a bit of a minimalist, and my philosophy with shoes is to invest in pairs that are classic and durable and will last for years rather than having a closet full of shoes that I rarely wear or that wear out in one season. I'm so excited to add Rothy's to my curated shoe collection, and I feel good knowing that they are as good for the planet as they are comfortable for my feet and stylish for my wardrobe. Step up your shoes and accessories this spring and get ready to be asked, are those Rothy's? Plus get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash 3in30. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash 3in30. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life, your relationship with yourself. A lot of us will drop anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat other people well, but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? I invest in myself by going to therapy at least twice a month, and even when I go into an appointment thinking I don't really need it right now, I always walk away refreshed and with new tools for emotional resilience. I am always glad I did it. This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does, and therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and 3 and 30 listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash 3 and 30. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 and 30. And if we're not going to be colorblind, what should we do? How do we talk to our children about race and color?
1: Oh, let me tell you, that leads us to takeaway number two. Talking to children about it is so easy Mm. (laughs) and adults get so nervous, which I totally understand that because race and racism is a construct that has been weaponized. Mm. And so then a part of weaponizing it is for us to be in the dark about it. And as a person who teaches adults and children and engages in these conversations, children are so easy. And fun. And so, what you wanna do, takeaway number two, is normalize conversations about skin tone and race with your children so that they can consciously, fluently, confidently navigate our hyperracialized society. You know, we don't want our children to go into any space and feel ill equipped and inadequate. Oftentimes, when I'm, for example, talking to my high school students who are in the white racial category, They express frustration at not having had these conversations and had this Mm -hmm. education early on in life. And children are perfectly capable. They're so easy because they haven't been taught to feel shame or guilt yet (laughs) about it. They don't have the insecurity about it. And they are brave. They're brave and they're curious. And so when we would sit down and talk to our children, we just basically started with the hues of brown, which is where... The term brownicity comes from, mm-hmm. we would start with hues of brown. My daughter said, daddy is light brown. Mommy, you're dark brown and I'm medium brown. So that's how we would describe people. Brown like mommy, brown like daddy, no brown like you. And then, thenicity comes from ethnicity and ethnicity means that which we have in common. And we as humans, we are all hues of brown because melanin is brown. <laughs> so we're mm-hmm. all hues of brown. And that's where our tagline comes from. We're many hues, but one humanity. We're a human family. So, again, it's easy to start there with children. There's some books we use that I love because they do the work for you. Like all the colors we are, that mm-hmm. basically explains why our skin. Is different and it explains the biological environmental reason and it's a kids book so adults can just read it for themselves oh okay it's that simple and then you read it to your child and it even has guided conversations or guided prompts so that you can have more conversations with your children again these children's books that allow you to have a normal conversation with your child and then you know yes what happens is they have language and then they have these conversations with you in public, in front of people, <laughs> and yeah. that's always an adventure, you know. Like, yes. mommy, yes. she has more melanin than you. And I'm, oh yes, she does. It's so beautiful, you know. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah, so oh, that's so great. And I have to tell you, I looked at your website to prepare for this interview, and I saw your children's books recommendation, mm-hmm. and I wrote them all down. Oh, great! And I went to the library. Oh. And there was not one, oh. not one mm. of those books was in our community library.
1: Okay. Get them in there.
0: Which uh, that, <laughs> I mean that, exactly. Yeah. So I yeah. ordered them all. Mm. I ordered every single one. <laughs> yes. I mean, I'm going to go ask some more. <laughs> and I'm going to read them to my children and we're going to choose a few that we're going to keep. And then we're Mm going to, maybe we'll keep them all. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but then we're going to give the rest of that library or we're going to order extra copies for that library because I couldn't believe that not one of the Mm -hmm. recommended books and they're not like really obscure. These are pretty, I mean, famous Mm -hmm. books and they weren't in my library, (laughs) which so we're starting on this path in my home and I love Just the simple explanation of melanin. Yes. And that honestly is, that's a new revelation to me to Mm -hmm. be able to explain it that way, which Mm -hmm. might sound ridiculous. But when a child asks, why is her skin a different color? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I didn't have the like biological understanding to explain that until I recently, again, preparing Mm -hmm. for this interview, listened Mm -hmm. to a podcast, which I'm going to link called first name basis. Mm. And she talked about just explain melanin. I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. Like you have less and she has more melanin. Uh So how would you approach it? If my child said Mm -hmm. something to me Mm -hmm. that indicated some like implicit or some bias within them, and there's, there's Mm -hmm. part of you that's horrified and wants to (laughs) shut it down, but then that's not going to normalize conversation. So how do you not shame them if they say something like, Oh, that is that's ugly or what do yeah. you do with that as a mother?
1: Okay, so always ask questions. ask questions. Why do you think that? Could you tell me more about that? Because you know what is happening is that yes, children are observing the differences from as early as three or six months old. Mm-hmm. and then by the time they're like five, six, or seven, They have observed some things in society, right? And they've seen that, okay, maybe all their television shows that they're watching or the people they see at church or at school, the leaders, the teachers, the people in the White House, they're seeing that, okay, these people look like me and they're all white. And maybe they rarely see people of color, or maybe when they do see people of color, they are not in positions of power. Children have observed it all and they're trying to make sense of it. And so if you're not having like open conversations in your home and you're silencing them saying, Shh, we don't talk about that, then they just they just trying to figure it out in their heads and they're just replicating what they are seeing. So mm-hmm. when they say things, they're simply trying to make sense of what they have observed. Well, this must mean that this is dirty. This person is dirty or this person, you know, this this brown come off, that type of thing. So you just allow the conversation to unfold, continue to ask questions. And then, yes, as a parent, the more you know about skin tone, mm-hmm. like melanin and ancestral And environmental origins, like if your ancestors were closer to the equator, you have more melanin. If your ancestors were further away from the equator, you have lighter melanin. The more you understand that and then the more you understand how racial categories were created Mm. and how that functions, how that has functions in our society, then you can explain that to a four-year-old or a five-year-old in terms of what they need. Because what you don't have to do is unload everything in that one sitting. You can just maybe ask some questions and it could be so simple, like, well, I thought that because, you know, my skin looks like this and I'm good, you know, and all children think that they're good. So then someone who looks different from me, then they must be bad. So again, if you ask questions, then you can kind of see where their line of thinking is coming from or where it's headed. And then you can address that specifically. So yeah, you see
0: Yes, I do see. Yes. And I honestly, I feel like this mm-hmm. is so similar to so many of the other topics we've talked about on the show where right. it's just be open to mm-hmm. listening to your kids That's and right. answering their questions right. and fight against the instinct to shame or right. act shocked for so many different topics. Mm-hmm. Just hear them out and say, well, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. And then talk to them right. about what they're observing about the world yes. around us.
1: Don't get upset. You know, it's the same as if they're asking about why are the leaves turning brown and falling off the tree or whatever. You know, they're just needing some help negotiating these meanings. And also, parents, don't be afraid if you don't have an answer. So maybe you'd say, well, You know, I don't know why that is. Let's explore that together. Because I think a lot of times parents and teachers feel like they have to know the answer. And maybe the opportunity that is presenting itself is not asking for the right answer, but it's asking for exploration and journey.
0: Mm. And it is like what I said in that intro where I think sometimes it Mm -hmm. pricks at us Mm -hmm. that I should know the answer to this. It like touches on your own insecurity of I'm uneducated in this area. Mm -hmm. I should know. But rather than getting defensive or shutting down or shutting them down, Mm -hmm. that's just a little indicator, oh, I need to learn more about that thing so I can learn with my child. I I don't have to be the authority. I can say, I don't know why Mm -hmm. that person's skin is darker. Let's find out. Let's do some research and learn about Mm -hmm. skin tone or whatever the topic may be, which I think leads really well into your third takeaway.
1: Yes. And so takeaway number three is invest in racism education in order to gain understanding. I think often what has happened with the topic and racism People leave it to maybe I'll just engage in maybe a discussion or I'll watch this person talk about it one time or I'll go to this one time event that my church has or this one time thing that my school has. Because it's so pervasive and prevalent in our society, it touches all of us. I know we've been taught that race and racism only touch people of color, (laughs) but That's not true. It touches all of us in these ways that you won't understand until you really learn, have a formal education on the construct. And that's why I'm so passionate about having a learning centered space. And I'm excited that now in this day and age, so much great content is being created. Mm -hmm. That has not always been the case. There's great books and classes podcasts, teachers. And so, you know, just like anything, the whole sowing and reaping principle, you're going to get out of it what you put into it. And so I want to encourage people to invest. So for example, if you want to be a better photographer and take better pictures of your kids, like you'll pay to take a class or do something so -hmm. that you get better results. And so you want to find resources, invest in your journey for education, not just listening to opinions and, you know, maybe political (laughs) persuasive talk and things like that. You want to invest in education. Yes. yes.
0: And I love in this takeaway that you point out that education de-weaponizes, mm-hmm. but informal discussions can be very hostile. <laughs> and so going into informal conversations about race or politics or anything else mm-hmm. can often lead to you just withdrawing and saying like, it's too much. It's too much. I, yes. I don't like the contention. I don't understand I mm-hmm. versus reading a book about something that's not weaponized mm-hmm. to just read and learn mm-hmm. and come to conclusions for yourself and see the facts mm-hmm. having to do with mm-hmm. the issues going on in our country. Right, And I love the resources that you have put together to do Mm -hmm. that. And I want you to tell the listeners a little bit about what you have available if they want to dive in more into this race and anti-racism education.
1: Right. So (laughs) I love what you said, Rachel, about the contention and the tension. And here I am with a doctorate in education. I have been doing this work for decades and I love teaching on it because I love using education to liberate people from their fear. And even I know that I am not suited for the informal discussions. Like sometimes when people want to do that, with, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not that person because I can't, I'm not built for that. I'm more of a, you know, let's just sit down and learn together.
0: <laughs> and you're not saying don't have conversations that's about race. Way. No. I- no, that because that's very important. And mm-hmm. in fact, many of your resources, you've written a book, which I have here right in front of me. Right. It is essentially a discussion guide. Mm-hmm. It's a way to have discussions mm-hmm. with a group of people that are similarly interested mm-hmm. in growing right. and learning. Right. So that's more of a formal discussion. It's right. very important to have discussions yeah. but- with education behind it. It's important to have a community.
1: Yeah. Informed discussions. So you want to have informed discussions, not Mm -hmm. uninformed opinions, debating. That's what you don't want to do. That's what's not helpful. But yes, informed dialogue pointing towards a goal, a healthy goal is what you want. So that's the difference. So a lot of people have been traumatized by the uninformed debates that often sometimes accompany this topic and conversation, but what we want to shift to is educated, informed dialogue with the goal of creating something better. Does that
0: make sense? Yes, absolutely. Um, And, and you have done that. You've created created. resources Mm -hmm. for people to do that. Yes. Tell us about those. Right.
1: If you go to com and you click on learn, then that gives you options of how to continue to learn with us. And us is There's a team of us. (laughs) There's a team Mm -hmm. that makes up City, And we are, all of us, I think, yes, all of us are parents. We are from different ethnic groups and racial categories. We have professors and business people and stay-at-home moms, working moms, immigrants, (laughs) a pastor. So it's a group of 12 of solid people who are for you. And have grace and passion and want to help you along your journey, your learning journey
0: it sounds like a beautiful environment. And I know when we've talked about it, you said, it's like, we're inviting you into our table. Like, come talk with us about Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. We want you here. And so I encourage everyone to go to Mm brownicity.com to learn more about that opportunity and that work. And before we end, Dr. Barry, thank you so much for this Mm -hmm. conversation. Something that you said in there, you said that your goal is to liberate people from fear. And when you said that it resonated with me because I feel like you've done that for me a little bit today where you've liberated me from some of this fear and awkwardness and Mm -hmm. shame that I felt that I'm not more educated in this way. (laughs) We all start somewhere. And I have to tell you just preparing for this interview, I learned so much and felt that even with just the few things that I read and the podcast that I listened to, that I'm miles ahead of where I was. So it's not mm-hmm. a daunting undertaking. No. We can do this yeah. and we need to. We need to yeah. do it for our children and mm-hmm. for the health of our nation right. and our world. So thank you for this work that you're doing and for coming on 3 and 30. I'm so grateful to my friend, Dr. Lucretia Berry, for having this transformative conversation, which really was my first step into learning about race and racism, and what an incredible introduction she gave me. I wanted to let you know that since this episode was originally recorded, I've hosted several other episodes with amazing anti-racism educators, which might be helpful to you as you explore this topic with your family. Episode 113 is with Jasmine Bradshaw, titled, Teaching Kids About Racism and Bias?, And in episode 133, both Dr. Barry and Jasmine came back to the podcast shortly after the death of George Floyd to answer listener questions about colorblindness and racism. And then last year in episode 165, I was honored to host Mike and Emily Green from Common Ground Conversations to talk to us about the true legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I will link all of those in the show notes so they can serve as a little listening guide for you. I'm grateful to these incredible educators for all that they've taught me and for their willingness to share their experiences and their knowledge with our 3in30 community. Now to recap Dr. Berry's takeaways from this episode about how to talk to your children about skin tone and race. First, reject the colorblind approach as a solution to racism. Pretending that you don't see color or pretending that your children don't see it actually stigmatizes race more to your children. It makes them feel like they can't talk about it, and it robs them of the language they need in order to understand varied human experiences. Which leads right into takeaway number two. Normalize conversations about skin tone and race with your children so that they can consciously, fluently, and confidently navigate our hyper-racialized society. Explain melanin to them, as well as the significance of where our ancestors lived, closer or farther from the equator, and how that impacts the amount of melanin we have in our skin. When children ask questions about skin tone that make us feel a bit uncomfortable, remember not to shame them, but to ask for more information and learn together. And third and finally, invest in anti-racism education to gain understanding, rather than just relying on informal discussions. With education, the topic of race is de-weaponized, and a great place to start with education for parents and children is Dr. Berry's organization, Brownicity, and her new workbook for kids, Hues of You. It is absolutely fabulous, and I will put a link in the show notes. My friend, I am so grateful to you for listening to this episode and doing the work to educate yourself and your family. You are doing an incredible job, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.